Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? Yeah. I'm going to open up with a scripture and then we're going to pray uh, this January 2nd and just bring in a brand new year. Amen? All right, let's, let's read this scripture. It's uh, Deuteronomy 2, verse 4. It says, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. Are you thankful that the Lord goes with you this year? For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you victory. Come on now. Amen? I tell you what. It, 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 the world around us right now, it does not look like you're entering into 20, uh, 2022 with victory and with the Lord fighting for you, but that is not what the word of the Lord is. The word of the Lord is that he is with you, that he fights for you, and that he gives us victory. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a new year, 2022. Lord, uh, we thought that the world, Lord God, would look like we were building momentum going into the, this year, and yet it seems like the world is going through this great setback. And so, Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you, God, that we have not entered this year alone, but we acknowledge you and we acknowledge your presence in our lives. We acknowledge the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names. Oh, what a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, for the breath that you've given us in our lungs to proclaim you as good and as great. And God, we come into this new year proclaiming the name of Jesus the name above all names. And Lord, like this scripture says in Deuteronomy, God, we do not enter into this year alone, but with you. We thank you that you are the God who goes before us. You are the God who fights for us, Lord. We are, you are the God who brings victory. And Lord, we give you the glory, the credit, the honor. And we just proclaim today that as we enter into this year, our trust is in you today, God. And Lord, we look to you and we look, Lord God, to the heavenlies and we just say, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven as we enter into this new year. Lord, we open up our ears and our hearts, God, for the word of the Lord this morning. We ask you, God, to speak so clearly to every single heart. God, in person, online, listening to a podcast. God, we just turn our ear to hear from you. We thank you for your ability to speak. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, we, have, um, we were online for these last couple weeks, and I'm just so thankful that we're able so quickly to, to turn to that option and, uh, and, and be able to do that. We had, um, if you probably have heard, seen or heard through the emails and things like that, we just had uh, just a succession of people, of households, um, who had COVID. It just like this. I've never seen anything catch so quickly as, as kind of what happened in our midst. It was a very easy and obvious decision that we just shouldn't gather together in person for a couple weeks, let people heal, let people get better. And um, <laughs> I have to admit, as your pastor, it was so disappointing to me 
to not have the in-person as well on Sunday the 19th. We had this big fellowship meal, and we had like things for the kids planned, and, and like all kinds of stuff. We had a surprise. Jeremy was going to do caroling around the fire. We didn't even tell people we were going to do that. Like We had dreams and aspirations, and sometimes you just got to change the plan. And God is on the throne, and God is good. And he has been preserving us, and I give honor and glory and thanks to God. He's been preserving us. I'll tell you what, the prayer team has never received so many texts as they have received these last two weeks. We've been praying left and right and sideways. I mean, it has been wild, the number of things that we have been praying for. And what's great is God is listening, and we continue to come to him in faith and in trust. We have a few families that are dear to us that are still coming through the end of this, and, and um, some even just on the front end. Um, I, I got an email overnight, and you know what? We're trusting and believing for every family to be whole. No long-term effects is the thing we keep proclaiming, and the thing we keep praying is that there will be no long-term effects. And, you know, as we move forward, I just want to say to us as a, as a church family um, and encourage us to continue to just be supportive of one another. Um, supportive of one another, whether you're uh, watching at home or whether you're in person, whether you're wearing a mask, whether you're not wearing a mask, whether you're vaccinated and boosted and, and, and taking all the vitamin C in the world, or whether you're not vaccinated at all, like just be supportive of one another and let's root one another on. Amen? Because when we do that, our focus can be on Jesus. And each of us have wisdom and, and the counsel of the Holy Spirit and our homes and those kinds of things. Our role is to be supportive of one another and root each other on and continue to make the main thing the main thing, which is Jesus. We want Jesus in every home. And we want, the, we want Jesus to be proclaimed accurately. Because when people know who Jesus is and have an opportunity, they can turn their lives over to him and never, ever be the same. Amen? So I just want to encourage you, let's root each other on. And again, I just want to be, just say I'm just so thankful for the ability to just pivot and to be able to do the online and the in-person. Um, it's such a blessing, and I just want to say we love you. Whether you're watching, listening, whether you're in person, we love you and appreciate you. And I do want to say this. If you need something and you're at home, please feel like you can reach out to your church family. We have delivered chicken soup and chicken noodle soup and all, like all kinds of things to homes and stuff like that. Don't hesitate to ask. If you need something, just reach out to us. If you're like, how do I do that? Just go to the website, victorychristian.church. There's, the email is at the bottom of the page. The telephone number is at the bottom of the page. You can send up smoke signals. We'll see them. Um, but we want you to know that we really care. And if you have a need, don't don't, don't be afraid to make it known, really. We've got people who will come to your house. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all are like, I don't want you to come to your house. We won't come uninvited. <laughs> Amen. You know, one of the things that I encourage you to do this year, we sent uh, our letter uh, home for Christmas, and uh, one of the things I encourage you to do in that was to ask God for a word this year. Ask him to speak to you a word, because he's just so faithful Say, God, give me a word, a theme, something you want in, in my heart. Um, Brenda shared a great word uh, with me uh, by email that, that victory, this is going to be a year of victory, that through every struggle, Jesus will have the victory in 2022. That verse I just read to you out of Deuteronomy, it ends with, and he will give you 
victory. Amen. But ask God for a word for you and for your family, and he will be faithful to speak it to you because God is speaking to us. Amen. Once he gives you that word, say, God, give me a scripture. Show me something in the word that I can, of what you're saying and what you're doing. And um, as we transition into this new year, I, I've got um, a message I want to share with you this week and next week about crossing over. And um, I want to take you to a couple of key transition points in Scripture where we can glean lessons together. The first uh, that I want to take you to is where Moses leads the people through the Red Sea. And then we're going to jump 40 years forward to Joshua, Moses' understudy, where he leads the people through the Jordan River. Both of these events, crossing through the Red Sea, crossing through the Jordan River, Uh, mark these miraculous transitions. Would you say that word miraculous? Like miraculous transitions in the history of God's people. Give you a little bit of background of what led up to the the first crossing over, if you will. Uh, The Israelites were enslaved in the Old Testament to the Egyptians, and they cried out to God for deliverance. And so God raised up Moses and said, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and demand on my behalf, the release of my people. Pharaoh uh, refused God's command, and God began to send plagues against the, the Egyptians until Pharaoh finally relented and agreed to release God's people. Um, and then when the people left, they didn't leave empty-handed. God moved on the hearts of the Egyptians around uh, the Israelites to give them gold and silver. He told the, the Israelites, ask your neighbors, ask the Egyptians to give you things leaving, and they gave them gold and silver. We're going to drop into this epic story, if you will, um, in just a moment. When I say epic, I mean like it's such a large, significant, because it's, it's the history of a people. It's the history of God's people in the Old Testament. But I, I want to share with you before we drop into the story, I want to share with you a little bit about what these things represent, because each of these things parallel um, something in the Christian journey. Um, So Egypt, Egypt represents in our lives, in our Christian journey, the place where we are in bondage to sin, enslaved to sin. They were enslaved, and they were enslaved to the Egyptians, and we all have a place in our lives where we are in bondage to sin prior to coming to Christ. And Moses represents Jesus, who came to say, all right, we're out of here. We're leaving. They're no longer going to be your master. God is going to be your master. And Moses leads them out of that place of bondage. And the Red Sea, talks about in the New Testament, the Red Sea represents baptism and how we, we, we pass through to a brand new life and a brand new future. The wilderness, where they would spend 40 years, um, is the people of God wandering in the, in the wilderness, and the desert. That represents a place of growth and maturity, the place where God begins to transform something in us. We have this brand new life, but there's this transformation that needs to happen in us. And in that place of the desert and the wilderness is the place where there's always enough provision, but it's not bountiful. And there's this promise for more. Anybody ever lived in the place where you had enough, but not the bounty? 
And that doesn't just apply to money. That can apply to a lot of places in your life, right? Now, the Jordan River represents the next crossing over. And that represents crossing over to the promises of God. Can I hear an amen? That's the part we like to get to, right? Like, skip to the end. Let's go. Can we just make this a really quick journey? We'll talk about that a little later. Um, Now that we've matured and we've consecrated and separated ourselves to God, we're ready to cross into... God's miraculous provision. And Canaan, the land, God's promised land, it represents the promises of God, the inheritance of the Lord, bounty and blessing. But with that bounty and blessing, I have to admit, I did just watch the Spider-Man movie, comes great responsibility. (laughs) There's this great responsibility that we have when we have the blessing of the Lord on our lives. And we're going to talk about that as well. And I have to tell you, you know, this, this story is the story of a people, and it's kind of a straight line as I, I just was describing it to you. In our lives, what we, what we oftentimes experience is that in one, lot, one area of our life, it's like we're in Canaan, like the blessing of the Lord is so great, and the great responsibility, and it may be in your, your finances, there's just great, great blessing, but then maybe in your, in your relationships, there's a great work of maturity going on inside of you, and there's this, this work, and, and you feel like I'm just getting by and it's two steps forward and one step back and I'm trying to learn and grow in those things. And we find in our lives, we have areas in our lives where we are in the wilderness and we have areas in our lives where we are in God's promises. And what's great is who is with us in the journey? Because a lot of times we think in terms of destination, but the older you get, the more you begin to realize that the journey is really where it's at where you are today, and the fact that God is with you today. He's ready to speak to you today. He's ready for you to experience Him today, that you can grow in your knowledge and and worship and love for Him in today, no matter where you are, whether you're in Egypt crying out to Him or whether you're marching around Jericho and watching the, the walls fall. God will be present when you cry out to Him. And that is the, that's, that's the good stuff. Amen? Now, let's drop into this story with Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 17 and 18. Exodus 13, and then verses 17 and 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and returned to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. This is such an interesting little piece of scripture before they get to the Red Sea. And what it's saying is that God said, you know what, you can't handle going the short way. <laughs> and it, because in verse 18 it says, you are not, you're not ready for battle. Uh, or that, excuse me, in verse 17, you, you're not ready to face war at this point. It interests me that in verse 18, at least in the NIV, NIV, excuse me, it says that Egypt was ready, excuse me, that they went out of Egypt ready for battle. And I thought, that sounds like a contradiction. They are not ready for war, but they're ready for battle. And so I was doing a little bit of research on it, and it helped me out a lot. That verse um, 18 in that latter part, when it says that they were ready for battle, um, they actually weren't equipped for battle. They weren't trained for battle. What it actually meant was they were organized as if they were ready for battle. 
Like they were in groups and sections. And so it's, it's not actually a contradiction. It's just kind of like the, the wording for us gets a little bit weird. They were not ready as far as training and equipping and knowledge for battle because they just came out of slavery in Egypt, right? But they were organized as if they were ready for battle, if that makes sense. And so that, that really helped me to go, Lord, is there a contradiction or is there some secret truth in here that you're trying to reveal to us? And it's, no, it's just wording. Um, what's fascinating to me about this, I found it really encouraging when I read this because I thought, you know what? God knows what you can handle. He knows what you can handle. And I thought, well, then that means that if he's led me to a place, he has a plan for me in that place. Like he's not leading me into places that I can't handle with him. To me, that's really encouraging. The irony is the odds are going to get really bad here in a little while. Like they're going to be at the Red Sea and the army is going to be pressing up against them. And like, like it's not like it, it really is from, what is it, the, the what to the fire, frying pan? The, out of the frying pan and into the fire. Thank you all. I needed, I needed some help. Um, God knows what you can handle. And the, he knew that they were not ready to face war and that it would have been too easy for them to turn back. Remember, Egypt is the place of our sin and bondage. And it was like, you know what? We need to not turn back to the place that we were. Because, you know, even though they were in sin and bondage, they were eating and they had a place to stay. They had stability, even though it was no life to, to have, right? Um, the fact is, later on, when you look in like Numbers 14, they would be tempted to turn back. And they'd go, man, it would have been better for us to be back in Egypt, but that's much further in their future. And God just, he knew that they were not mature enough. And I think one of the things we really want to dial into when we're reading the history of Israel and, and reading what's going on here is that God is, is looking at their mature, maturity. The reality is God could have taken them the short way, taken them through the Philistine uh, track, if you will, and God could have defeated the enemies without their involvement at all, right? Like God can do all those things, but God wants to mature them. That's part of his plan is to mature them. And if he wants to mature them, then he wants to mature you. And that's something that we need to embrace as believers is that God is interested in my maturity. And, you know, God... He knows us, he understands us, and he will mature you. The reason he's going to mature you is because he wants you to be able to steward the blessings that he puts in your life. And part of being a good steward of the blessings in your life is to be able to take spiritual authority when you need to take spiritual authority, to be able to contend for the things that God has put in your life. There are times when you've got to rise up and say, oh, no. That's what happened a few weeks ago uh, when we were just, it was like text after call of household after household that was getting COVID. It was like, y'all, it's time to pray. I mean, it is time to pray, pray. About a month beforehand, we had our, our practice round where we had several families who work in our, our food pantry who were all received at the same time and they were all older folks. And we, we were just like, you know what? Hey, and I say that respectfully. We were like, hey, we are going to pray for these people that we love. And God has been bring, bringing every single one of them through. Amen? But there are these moments where you don't go, 
Well, I just hope we get through it. No, you got to pray. Like, you got to stand up and go, no, no, no. Like, no. Cease and desist. This thing needs to stop. Amen? And that comes with maturity in Christ. And you have to be willing to contend for the things that God puts in your life. Moms and dads, you know this, right? You have children, right? And you raise your children. There are times when you, you stand up and you begin to pray those prayers of authority over your children. Because there's the reality. The reality is in John 10.10, 10, it says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. There is a real enemy out there. And we know from Ephesians 6 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So we know that there's a bad devil. It's not complicated. And we know that our enemy is not people. Our enemy is spiritual forces. And so maturity means that you know what times you need to stand up and battle, stand up and contend. And that comes with maturity. I will say this. It takes wisdom to know when to battle and when to just rest. The wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I've, I've met believers, and I, I, don't, I don't want to, this to sound at all like condescending or critical, but I've met believers who all they do is fight all the time. And I don't believe that that's what God has called us to. But I do believe that God has called us to contend and to fight and that there is a real battle. And so having the grace to know when to stand up and battle and know when to rest in the Lord and let him do his thing and, and to be able to ebb and flow as God leads us and gives us wisdom. But there are times when it's just obvious it's time to go to battle. It's time to pray. The way that we contend is not complicated. We contend through things like prayer. You can contend through worship. You know, worshiping around your house, walk around your yard. Say, God, I just thank you for your covering over this place. I thank you for your grace over my children. I thank you, God, for going before us and just, you know, taking that stand, that disposition of faith that says, yes, I see circumstances. I see what's going on right around me, but I also see the Lord. The thing that has really been just kind of so, um, I don't know, Alive in my heart these last couple of weeks is I keep in my mind's eye seeing the name of Jesus really, really big. And right now, the biggest name in news, the biggest name that's going on right now is COVID because it's impacting the entire world. And you know, we all thought, none of us saw this whole Omicron that sounds like, like a Star Wars theme or something, like a ship, like I was on the Omicron. Like, like, you can't make this stuff up. And it's real, and I don't mean to be condescending because it's, it's real and it's impacting families and people are sick, people that are, are, are dying. We've lost friends from this whole COVID thing. Through all of this, the name of Jesus is so much greater and we have to look to him. We have to look to him and cry out to him and say, God, give me your perspective on what's going on in this, on this earth and what we're facing. And the thing is, our God is not intimidated by what we're facing. He is not intimidated. Do you hear that today? And I, when I say that, I don't mean that we shouldn't have wisdom and we shouldn't have prudence and all of those kind of things. I'm all for that. But our God is not intimidated and he is not fearful. And so we walk in the wisdom and the counsel 
of the Holy Spirit. And there are times when you just have to contend. So God, God led them the long way. Have you ever wondered um, why you were headed the way you were headed? Why is God leading me this way that just, like I see a more direct path to the things I'm praying for than the way that God is taking me. Why, why are we going the long way with this? I remember um, years ago when I uh, was at Portland Bible College and um, I was finishing up my second year of school and my dad, um, he really wanted me to come home from school. Now, if you knew me, I was a very rebellious teenager. Uh, and I spent my entire high school career up to May 5th, 1992, on the month before I graduated, rebelling against God and, and, and denying his existence and really just struggling with the whole concept of faith. And so I turned my life over to Jesus, and in my struggle against God, I also had a struggle against my dad. <laughs> because it's amazing how those two, two things correlated, right? I just, you know, my dad said left, I wanted to go right. But when I gave my life to Jesus, my heart changed. God changed my hearts, and it's scriptural. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons of the fathers. So at the end of my second year of Bible college, my dad said, son, I want you to come home. And I loved Bible college. I, can, I just love the experience. I love studying the Word. I loved everything about it, and I wanted to be there that entire four years. And my dad, I'll never forget, one day on the phone, he said, son... I'm not going to give you my blessing to go back. He wasn't saying you can't go back. He was saying I'm not giving you my blessing. Well, I had spent so much time in my life rebelling against my father. And I had, ironically, but not ironically, written several papers about spiritual authority and things like that over uh, in that semester in college. And I realized that I would rather go home and have the blessing of my father, then stay here and not. It's one of the hardest decisions I made at my age of 20 or 21 or whatever I was. It was really difficult because I was giving up something I loved, and I, I grieved over it. I was really, really sad, and I came home, and I worked, and that kind of thing, and it felt to me like this is the long way to what God has put in my heart and calling, and if you know me, I love school. I just, oh, I've been a school teacher, you know, in River City School of Leadership. I'm enjoying teaching in there, and I've gone back to school, and, 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 and the Lord's just opened up doors for me to work on degrees after that. But in that moment, I, had, I was giving something up, and it felt like the long way. What I didn't know is that I would come home, and I would start dating this young lady named Elizabeth in what would have been my senior year at Portland Bible College, and that we would, um, we would get married 13 months after. I'm not endorsing this. I'm not encouraging this. I'm just telling my story. December of 1996, we would have been, we, would, we got married, and um, we, we, we came home uh, knowing that about nine months later, we were going to have Abigail. That was really quick. So, 
If I, now I'm a math guy, right? I was supposed to graduate in May of 1992. We would not have been able, to, or 96, we would not have been able to develop a relationship. And she was away at school and all these kinds of things. And God had, ironically, taken me a long path. And yet the real desire of my heart, and I remember where I was when I told the Lord this. I said, God, if you're cool with it, I'd like to have a family young. So what felt like the long path was the short path for the very thing that was in my heart. And God later put, the th- put those education things in my life in his timing. And so I just want to encourage you. And I, I wish I could take you back to the, and, and give you the feeling that I felt when I made the decision to come home and honor my dad. There was something in my heart that needed to happen. And see, what God was doing is he was... He, he was giving me an opportunity to give up something I love and mature me, but he had a really good plan. He had really good things in store. It didn't feel good at the moment. It felt like the really long way, but God had a really good plan. And it didn't make it easy in the moment. Do you hear that? It didn't make it easy in the moment. But then the question is, do we trust God and do we trust his leadership and his guidance? You know, here's the funny thing. The year before, my dad had asked me to come home and I prayed and I prayed. And there's this proverb, it says, God holds the hearts of kings in his hand. This is in Proverbs. Um, God holds the hearts of kings in his hand and he directs it as a water course as it pleases him. And so I prayed and I said, God, change my dad's heart. The, the president of our college went and golfed with my dad and said, you know, do you believe your son is called? He says, yeah, I do believe my son is called. You should have him come back. My dad changed his mind, and I went back for the second year. So you know what happened when my dad started telling me he wanted me to come back in the second year? I started praying. It's, All right, God. And I pulled out my scripture. God holds the hearts of kings in his hand, and he directs it as a water course, as it pleases him. And I'm like, you're going to do it and all that. And then my dad said those words, I'm not giving you my blessing. And I was devastated. But... Now I look back and I go, God, you did something in my heart. You matured something in my heart. And that was more important. And God is so good. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're on the long road, just say, God, I trust you. You can be honest about what you like and what you don't like, but trust him because he's really good at being God. God knew what he was doing with the Israelites. And, and 40 years later, you know, the story of the Red Sea that we're going to get to this week and next week, the story of the Red Sea, God had, um, of how he takes the people through the Red Sea and destroys the Egyptian army. 40 years later, when Joshua sends the spies into the land, uh, the spies encounter Rahab at uh, Jericho, and Rahab hides them. And this is what Rahab says. She says, We have heard of what your God did at the Red Sea, and there is fear in our hearts about you. Isn't that interesting? That that long route, that miraculous thing, would serve to strike fear in the enemies of God 40 years later. God is, he's really good at being God. Just let him do it. Let, let, he, he, he has been doing it for a long, long time. And he's really good at it. And I want to encourage you to trust him with wherever you are in the journey. And the key is say, God, where are we headed? Where are we going? What, what is the thing that you have for us? Um, next week, we're going to go into both river crossings or the 
crossing through the Red Sea and through the Jordan River. And we're going to do a little bit of a comparison. If you want to do, um, some of us like to read ahead, and we like to kind of figure some stuff out ahead of time, um, you can read about the Red Sea in Exodus 14, crossing the Red Sea, and you can read about crossing over the Jordan River in Joshua chapter 3, if you want to read those. And next week, we're going to look into those and um, pray. But I'm going I'm to put a pin in it because I've, I've gone about 30 minutes. And next week, we're going to talk about these crossings some more. But I want to leave you with that thought today of what is God maturing in me? And where is he leading me? And what are his purposes in where I am right now? Amen? And I want to encourage you today, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this message and, and maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe you have questions, maybe you've got, you're at that day today, January 2nd, 2022, and you say, you know what, I need to start my new year with Jesus at the center of my life. I want to encourage you to ask Jesus to come into your life, to commit your life to him because he loves you, he died for your sins. He's going to remove the shame that you carry in your life and empower you to live for him. And he cares about you. Maybe you've walked away from your relationship with God and today you just need to go, I, this is my new year. I need, to, I need to come back to the Lord and give him my heart. I just want to encourage you, if you're in that place today, don't delay, don't hesitate. Turn to him because he loves you so much and he wants you to experience his love in your life all the more. He won't make you turn to him, but he'll invite you and prod you and and, and invite you because he wants you with your whole heart to give it to him. If you're making a decision like that today, we want to know about it. If you've got questions, we want to know about it. Um, If you're watching online, go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps and, um, and we'll reach out to you and talk with you, answer any questions, rejoice with you. But what I'd like to do is take a moment and close in prayer. And I'm going to pray that God gives us his perspective where we are right now and what the season of life that you're in right now. Father, we love you. We confess today that you're a good father. We confess today that you're really good at what you do. And right now, we yield ourselves to you, to your plans, to your direction. We say, lead us and guide us. We trust that you are with us, that you fight on our behalf, and that you bring victory. God, we glorify and we honor you. And we give you permission, God, to bring your maturity in our lives. I pray that in us, God, that there would be just such a strong sense of the moments when we are to stand up and contend and agree with your word and to pray the prayer of faith, to pray the prayer that contends and and brings and receives the promises of God. And God, give us those moments when we just need to rest in you, where we need to have those Psalm 23 moments where we allow you to restore our soul. Oh God, we thank you that you're a living God that you can speak to us. I pray for each person as we enter into this new year, God, that you'd give them a theme, a word for their life for this year, that you can speak to and develop this year. We thank you, God, that as a church, Father, we are moving forward together, moving forward 
together. We bring you glory and honor. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are battling COVID at home. And we speak life. We speak peace. We speak healing. For those who are continuing to recover, God, those who are battling pneumonia right now, be broken in Jesus' name. Fevers be broken in Jesus' name. Fatigue be broken in Jesus' name. We speak the authority of the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the one who was crucified on our behalf, who by his wounds we are healed. Oh, we thank you that you're the God who forgives all our sins and you heal all of our diseases. Lord, let your healing work just wash over the church. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.